Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Welcome back to another episode of the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Ant Wright, former college basketball player at Michigan and on threes basketball analyst, of course. So he's joining us again. We're going to talk about Michigan losing to Ohio State last Saturday, but now we're on to a couple big road games against Iowa tonight, Thursday. Uh, we're recording Thursday afternoon and then Sunday afternoon against Wisconsin. Can they steal? One of those two games, or both, uh, heading into a stretch of four straight home games, which will be uh, you know a big topic of discussion later on in the show here. But we'll start a little bit with that Ohio State game because Michigan had a great opportunity, I thought, Saturday night, and we talked about it on the podcast last week to kind of you know really get through that week and just that's that's the week that saved your season. Uh, it helped. It kept you right there. It moved you up, you know, on closer to the right side of the bubble. But without that win against Ohio State, I thought they're still, you know, kind of teetering there. They're still staying afloat. Um, one of the things we talked about with that game last week was you were saying you can't have a, a letdown where you feel good about the Purdue game. Um, and then we also talked about some of that, though, is going to be physical and, and natural because it's your fourth game in eight days. Nobody was about to make any excuses after the game. I asked Eli Brooks that. That was the first question that, you know, hey, you guys played a bunch of games in the last eight days. Do you feel like the legs weren't there? Because they were not shooting it well. They were 8-35 of on shots that weren't dunks or layups. And he said, no, no excuses. At the same time, it's got to be natural. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. From watching that game and having the experience as a player and playing with some short turnarounds, I guess what were your thoughts, Ant, on – you know, how they looked in terms of if their legs were there or why the offense just wasn't quite there on Saturday night? Um, yeah, so I thought execution-wise, they were they were okay. Um, I felt defensively they were good. Um, uh, and I I kind of hinted this when, with my article a few days ago where I, I talked about like sometimes the starters need someone from the bench or two guys from the bench to just you know, come out and just put the team on their back for like three or four minutes. And, and I think that was such a great opportunity. There was a, there was like a five or six minute stretch where both teams were two to two. And in that one stretch, one team goes plus eight plus 10 that could be that could be the ball game, and I just feel that you know, like that's been kind of a theme this year when it comes to the bench. Not like you don't have to come in like every game and you know score 10, 12 points. I'm just saying you know come in and you know get a few big rebounds. Come in the game and you know shut somebody down. Come in the game and give the team energy by diving on the floor and being consistent with that. Being cons- being consistent with your confidence consistent with your focus. You can't always control when the ball is going in or, you know, out or anything like that. But what you can do is you can have a, a consistent, uh, a consistent mindset coming into each game. And, you know, I hate to kind of like 
talk about Michigan State, but you know, if you look at what Jaden Akins does for that Michigan State team, uh, he he may have scored two or four points, but he's he comes in the game and just makes gets you know two or three 50-50 balls, a couple hustle plays, and he does the little things. Like there's nobody on this team who's doing that every single game. From from you know game to game, it's like okay, who's you know are they going to be in it? Are they going to turn the ball over a bunch of times? Are they going to are they going to be soft again? Or, you know, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? It's just, it's just you know like it's just so many question marks off the bench. And, you know, we're what twenty three games in. Uh, that's kind of something that you know should have been you know taken care of by now. Where you know that okay. We know for a fact that two of these guys are going to be focused at all times. So when the starters need a boost, the starters need some type of pick me up. Those guys can you know come in and and be that guy. And um, you know EJ Liddell. You know people were tweeting me that like you know Michigan's defense and their interior defense. I'm like, look, okay, look, dude had 28, 11 came from the free throw line. Uh, the team that itself had what fifty-seven through thirty-seven of the minutes. Like this wasn't a defensive game. This was hey, who's going to make more plays offensively? And when you are in winning time, and you have someone like Hunter who usually averages, you know, twenty-six, twenty-seven minutes, twenty-eight per game, and you look at his minutes over the last four games, I believe he has sat for nineteen total minutes. Um, and you see his efficiency also drop. Like those two are correlating together, where he's using his legs more and more and more. Um, you know, it's you know, it's it's one of those things where like you know, can Brandon come in and you know hold the fort for longer than just ninety seconds? Um, you know, can Frankie or you know even you know Kobe come in the game and you know if they're gonna take altogether the backcourt plays 80 minutes if they're gonna take you know 20 minutes of those 80 they got to go in there and not just be a body out there you know go out there and and be productive in what you can like if if your job is to come in and take care of the ball and swing the ball and initiate offense doesn't matter if you score or do anything else you are an integral part to that team um but I just don't see that consistency right now. And and that just – and that hurts. Because I didn't feel Ohio State came out like they blasted Michigan. No. I don't feel like they came out like all overhyped to win this game and just took control. I feel like both teams kind of were feeling each other's temp- temperature out for a majority of that game. Um, and it wasn't anything that I felt – like I felt watching that game – Michigan should have won that game because mm-hmm. I and I don't think Ohio State was ready to play. That's just from my standpoint, but I don't think Michigan came out with that same vigor and that same focus to go and take that game from them. And you know they couldn't get within five six points, and and you know that's when you need that little boost. That little boost can get you to that one possession game or a tied game and then let the starters take back over and do what they do. 
Mm-hmm. They didn't. I don't think they got within five or closer than five in the last yeah. fifteen minutes of that game. So um, that was obviously huge. They couldn't quite hit that dagger to get them, as you said, right back in it and get the crowd. That you know, I don't want to blast the crowds, but man, they have not been great. Even though that was good in terms of numbers, the best I've seen this season. Um, you know, get them going a little bit, you know, get that momentum back on your side. They weren't able to do it. And as you mentioned, the bench is a huge part of that. So they've been outscored on the bench um, seven straight games by a margin of 162 to 51 in that span. So, I mean, we're talking about real regression from the bench. You know, they had the Brandon Johns games earlier in the season where he had, you know, a couple of good games. Terrence Williams did the same thing. And sometimes they were both they doing that. 38. They had 38 one game against Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. But outside of that, like, I don't think it's been more than like Indiana. They, those two played well, um, you know, especially in the late first half stretch, but it's been other than that, really not a ton of production from them. So it's concerning. It's kind of one of those things. Like I don't expect it to get much better going down the stretch here. That's why it's important to kind of weather those storms when you can, when you have to play three games in however many days, they have another one of those three game weeks coming up because of the postponed Michigan state game that'll be played on March 1st. So um, it's kind of something you just got to work through at this point. But as you said, I mean, each guy has had a game or two. Kobe Bufkin has looked good at times. Frankie Collins, hell, he almost, you know, people were calling for him to take the job back in December from Devonte Jones. So well, people, these guys have potential. What's that? <laughs> people are, well, people are crazy. I know, but I mean, we're talking about like he had some <laughs> right, good stretches right, right. of basketball when you look at the San Diego state game um in games like that so it's something that maybe you can get it here or there but i don't think it's anything michigan can rely on at this point um i wanted to ask you before we move on to iowa i agree with you on the defense i thought the defense against ohio state took a step forward it wasn't just good uh or it wasn't just okay i thought it was pretty good you know they didn't allow ohio state to get many three-point attempts they averaged over 22 a game i think they got 11 if i'm not mistaken so you know, kind of that was the game plan it looked like. Leave EJ Liddell in single coverage. Of course, he burned you, and he made some big shots down the stretch. And he you got to put tough your hand shots. He yeah, really he did. Tough shot. And I thought Musa played pretty well defensively against him, but he's just a tough matchup. Uh, he, you know, he got points on other guys too. Um, your thoughts on the defense, why it has been better over the last three games. And then, really, I was kind of diving into some of the numbers earlier in the week. Um, it, it has been better – here and there, I know they've had a couple outlier games, but over the last seven, eight games. So I guess, what do you think the reason is? I, I believe they're rebounding a lot better when you look at the numbers. They're actually the number one defensive rebounding team in the Big Ten right now. Uh, your thoughts on why Michigan seems to be playing a little better on that side of the ball? I mean, remember, they were they were outside of, out of 100th in defensive efficiency just a week or two ago. So obviously some, some improvements. Honestly? Do you want? Do you want my honesty? Of course, of course. Okay. Last four games, I put this in the article. Last four games, starters have played eighty-one percent of the minutes because he's he's not rotating guys in as much. So you're having your guys who get the most minutes, who are playing the most defense. Like they're just having a better defensive group out there at all times because he's not going to the bench as much you're not seeing those crazy you're not seeing those crazy like runs from other teams much better in defensive transition why is that because they no longer play three power forwards together (laughs) finally right um 
because three power forwards hurt you so much from in three power forwards hurt because in defensive transition, when you're getting back on defense, you now have two power forwards who, are, who have to guard a perimeter player. Who's going to be the one identifying that? Who's identifying the rim runner? Who's identifying the trail? And now you're a, little, you're a bit clunkier. So now defensive transition is a little bit tougher. Now you have a power forward guarding a a legit three or a guard. If that team's going three guards, it, it's a lot tougher to, to uh, stay in front of guys. Your help defense is a lot different if you're guarding a four than if you're guarding a legit three. The way you close out is not the same. The way you guard a sweep is not the same. The way you guard you know, someone trying to ISO you is very, very different. Like, you're not going to guard Isaiah Livers and Franz Wagner the, the same way. Even though they're both forwards on the wing, those are two very, very different players. So, like, um, imagine three power forwards guarding last year's lineup. One was going to guard Hunter. One's got to guard – imagine T. Will having to close out on Franz for – for 10 minutes like it's just it's just not gonna go not gonna go well so um i they have much better balance when it comes to um their personnel their rotations have gotten a lot better um and uh and so that that just helps all by itself but on top of that they're playing their starters a lot more like a lot a lot more that that's a point that I hadn't thought of. You know, I mean, I've noticed better defense, and obviously, you know more than me in terms of the inter- intricacies of why. But it's like, you know, I've noticed that. But I've also noticed that the starters are playing a, a ton of minutes, and didn't really make that correlation between the two. But I think that is int- it's probably it's probably a big big factor. And I agree with you. The lineups have been better. I, it was almost damn near right after our podcast about a month or so ago when you were you were laying out these are the lineups this is what needs to and it was pretty similar to that so maybe Jawan's a listener uh, hey you know it's all love it's all love no I, no it was all it was all positive it was just hey like you know just giving our thoughts and uh, you know obviously some of the tweaks that you suggested you know obviously he doesn't listen but um, some of the tweaks hey, you I, never know I, hey, look, hey look I'm just saying I'm just saying, full disclosure, I do have colleges who send me stuff, and they want my, like, thoughts and opinions on on uh, on things just from, like, an outsider standpoint. So, like, that does happen. That does right. happen. Michigan has not done that. I will say that. They have not done that. So, No, I wasn't trying. I'm not trying to discount your expertise oh, whatsoever. No, 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 no. no, I'm just saying. No, no I got I'm you. Um, I'm just saying. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
let's talk about, you know, I guess sticking probably with defense here when you look at Iowa because they're an offensive team. The biggest challenge when you think about the Hawkeyes is that you're going to have to D them up, check them up. They don't play much defense themselves. We can talk about that. Um, but I look at this Iowa team and I say this is a great opportunity to prove that you've made some improvements to those, that transition defense. They got burned for 23 fast break points against Michigan State. Iowa's averaging 20.3 points per game in transition. They shoot the ball pretty well. Keegan Murray is incredible, leading the Big Ten in points per game at 23. He's also had like 30-some in some games against bad teams. So, And that's basically the Iowa way, right? You beat up on terrible teams by 40 points. And I'm not saying they're not a good team, especially on offense. But um, take me through, I guess, what you see from the Iowa offense, Keegan Murray, what makes them so dangerous. Well, last three games, he's averaged over 30. Uh, I think he had 24, 30, then 37. So and, and, I hope that trend doesn't keep going up. And those are against – so they're on a three-game win streak. Those are the three bottom teams in the mm. Big Ten. I'm not – like, the Big sure. Ten is deep this year. Like, Northwestern's one of the worst teams, and they're, like, what, 67th or whatever in the net. So I'm not yeah. saying these are bad teams, but they they do do that. Uh, <laughs> you know, For sure. For sure. Um I'm in an NBA draft group and it's uh, a lot of fun just like seeing them just arguing there, just like going off on each other. And there's like over 50 accounts in there. And, and like sometimes I have to scroll up because I've, I've like missed like 300 messages. And, um, you know, one of the points that I, that continuously is an arguing point in there is that uh, Keegan Murray does not he's not the same player against like the top. 50 or top 60 in competition or something that he's averaging more like 16 and like six rather than your like your 30 and you know 10 um so i do think that you know that's gonna help and i think you gotta i think you gotta put i think you gotta put musa on him yes you early. have to. um and then let uh, caleb guard patrick mccaffrey yep. um i like patrick mccaffrey He's he's athletic and he's he is, an, good. He is he's an mf'er. He talks junk. I I like watching him him play a lot. Um, I will say this though, um, defensively, this is one of Fran's better defensive teams. Uh, I think because last year they were like two hundredth or something in um, defensive efficiency. This year they're on one twenty eight or one twenty seven in the country. Um, still not like. Which is just it's hilarious juggernaut. that that's one of his better <laughs> right exactly still not some juggernaut but um but they but they've done a better job and I and they also go zone they mix in zone quite a bit yeah like and, a fifth of the time yeah and and if you're gonna play zone against Michigan Michigan against zone this year although they faced it two point two percent of the possessions I don't have this written down it's 2.2% of the possessions and Michigan Michigan is ranked I believe second or third in the country against zone defense. So I hope they play a bunch of zone because Michigan yeah. has been has been completely shredding it. Ohio State ran it twice and Michigan got elite looks both times and they went one for two from three. I believe Caleb missed the wide open three in the first half. And then Eli hit and hit a wide open three in the in the uh, second half. Um, uh, they should not crash with more than th- with more than two guys. I think 
I think Musa should always crash because he has the energy to do so. Uh, if Hunter is at the free throw line and in crash, if he's free throw line and out, just get back on defense. So we have four, four, four back and make sure you're recognizing who's, who's who uh, you got to close out Bohannon. He hit 10 threes against, I believe Maryland uh, went 10 for 16, which was a wild game. Um, so you got to be on his toes. He's not shooting great this year. He's not assisting as much. He's looking for his shot um, a lot more, but um, they played 10 guys, at least 10 minutes. So it's like a lot of it's like a bit like a Florida State type of deal where like they like they rotate guys in and out a lot, but Keegan Murray plays is the only one who plays like over like twenty six minutes. I think he plays like thirty or thirty one, um, because he's really freaking good, you know. But um, uh, I was a good team. I I was a good team. They're seven and six. Um, they don't do well against good teams, and you need that to kind of continue. If you consider yourself a good team, where I think that Michigan is right in that middle tier of like Indiana, Iowa, Michigan. Michigan wants to work to be a top seven seed, not top eight. And um, the main reasoning behind that is, uh, if you if you like math, so there are nine contenders, right? Nine. Nine contenders to, for an at-large bid. If you are the eight seed, you are going to play a nine seed who is going to be a what? A contender for contender. an at-large bid. You do point. not want to play that game. You in want to be the seven tournament. and the ten. Yeah. Exactly. You want to be the seven and the ten. So now you're playing a Northwestern. You're playing a – not saying Northwestern's not good, but – I think an Indiana is going to be more hungrier than a Northwestern team, knowing that Indiana just needs one or two wins where Northwestern needs to win the whole thing. You know it's what I mean? It's a good point. It's a so good point. You, yeah. you do not want to be an eight seed. You want to be in that top seven so you get the 7-10 and then you play the two seed the following day. Like that's what you want to do. Um, so this is a really big game for that. And um, they play Iowa once, right? No, they get them back at, at home, I believe, right? Okay, okay, okay. Do they? They get them back at home on March 3rd, so two days after Michigan State, three days before the finale at Ohio State. Okay, sweet, 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 sweet. Okay, okay. So, and that's a really um, winnable game, I think. And if you steal yeah. this, you feel good about your chances there even more, I, I would Exactly, think. exactly. So I'm not going to say that this is not a must win, but I'm saying that if you can get this one, you can double up Iowa. And that will be a great look, and that'll get you out of that, out of that eight nine C game, and that and that'll get you into that six or seven seed range. And this is also nuts. This is also nuts. Michigan's only two games back from the Big Ten championship, <laughs> despite everything that's gone on. There's like five or six teams tied for fourth, which makes you put things in perspective. Like once again. Like this is why you can't lose games that you, that you shouldn't. Look at Minnesota. There's no reason to lose that game. No reason to lose that game at all whatsoever. Look at the Ohio State game just just now. Is Ohio State good? Yeah, they're pretty good, but they didn't do anything Im- impressive to go and take that game. Those are two games you're tied at first, which is nuts. Absolutely Crazy. bananas to even think about. That's you why know? winning at home, holding serve at home. Is so massive 
in this conference. Mm-hmm. And that's why Iowa has the edge on Michigan. They've been better at home, and you know they haven't really won on the road. They're, they got their first road win in the Big Ten against Maryland last week. Um, so the, and, and that lends more credence to the theory that you steal this one, you got a hell of a shot, and you're going to be favored going into that game against Iowa at home on March 3rd. So, um, exactly. They, like, Look at Rutgers, bro. Like, Rutgers is ridiculous. I tweeted it the other day. I was like, what if they're just simply a good team? And then yeah. they go and do that to Illinois. So now they have four straight wins over top 17 teams in the country, yeah. Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Illinois, right? So uh, Sick. And insane. guess who Gonzaga played last night? Pepperdine. Pepperdine. Pepperdine has zero quad one, two, or three wins. <laughs> I love the – I mean, it's not Gonzaga hate, but it's you're a Gonzaga realist. You know, you're a, truth, yeah. a truther. I guess and I love say. Gonzaga. I love Gonzaga. I mean, they're I love the way they they're play. so good. They're so good. They run such good offense. Their fans are are the worst fans on the planet. They're the yeah. so the ones with Twitter accounts at least. Yes, yes. They're rough, like, and I I like see you going at them, and I like it. Yeah, yeah. Because like when the, whenever someone tweets about Gonzaga, like their replies. <laughs> Their replies are just so bad. I mean, it was last year. We we found that out last year when it was, you know, Michigan was in that top group, Baylor, Gonzaga, Michigan there for a couple weeks, remember, you know? Yeah. And uh, I found out the same thing. If you tweet anything negative about Gonzaga's resume, if you tweet facts about their resume, it's it's seen as as hate. (laughs) You talk about the WCC, like, they they will say, WCC is awesome. Look at Duke in North Carolina. You think you know, ACC and SEC? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what are you? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you talking? Look, the W's. Look, it is okay to admit that the WCC is not a good conference. Like, yes, you have BYU and St. Mary's. Like, look, you're not playing Matthew Dellavedova and Patty Mills every year. Okay. No. Yes, it's St. Mary's. I get that. But in like BYU, like you're not playing the Halls brothers every year. Like that's you're not that, that's that's no that is not happening okay so like like no team outside of Gonzaga has really made a run in modern history like no no real legit runs and they try to compare the them to like the big east and like i just like ripped out like the whole big east rap sheet didn't even include villanova which like made them even like more mad and it was and it was better than anything the wcc has done it, no, UConn it's, itself. It's true. It, I'm sorry for the tan, tan, tangent, but yeah. And I, I mean, I th- it's not even like it's all true. I, I also think that they'll probably be the favorite to win it all. Um, yeah. So both things can be true at once. Like they haven't played anybody. You can't deny that. They 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 played yeah, you know it. some November games, but then you look back when it gets to March, it's like, well, that was damn near half a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> when you played those teams. Exactly. Give or take. Exactly. Gonzaga. Um, Gonzaga since 2000, 2001. Remember, they are 1 and 12 versus teams with uh, that are top top three seeds in the NCAA tournament. Even in the NCAA tournament? 1 and 12 in the NCAA tournament. Oh, in the NCAA. Wow. They have one win versus a top three seed in like the last 20 years. 12 losses. I love how you have all the facts on them. <laughs> oh, yes. Talking points to just piss people. Oh, my gosh. Gonzaga fans are fun to piss off. So fun to piss off. <laughs> Absolutely. We should uh, get him some uh, Manscaped. That we, we should. Some stuff. 
We absolutely we should. Um, I do want to bring it back to Michigan and, and wrap up with the remaining schedule because I feel like it's it's the question that we keep getting. How many do you think Michigan needs? You know, what's it going to take? Um, you have Iowa tonight. You have Wisconsin on Sunday. Two road games, as we talked about. You steal one. I think you feel pretty good because you do have four straight home games. Rutgers, which does not look as easy as it did a week and a half ago. Uh, on next Wednesday, then Sunday, you get Illinois that comes to town. That's been a tough matchup for Michigan, and they're just a really good team. Michigan State on Tuesday, March 1. Thursday, March 3rd is that Iowa game we referenced earlier, and then Ohio State in Columbus to finish off the regular season. So you can look at it one of two ways, and you can probably look at it both ways at the same time. It's a really tough schedule. But you have these games at home. You have a stretch where you're, hey, we're home for two weeks almost, just about. And, like, we can get – let's get three of these things. That's why I think stealing one on the road here is big. And that game Mm -hmm. in Columbus, like, you can go in – and not the team, but we're talking about fans and us and the media and stuff. Like, you can go into that game thinking, all right, they don't need this one. You know, they could maybe just get one in Indy and call it good. That'd be 12 wins against Big Ten opponents if you can do that. So if you can go four and three – I think Michigan is going to get in if they win 11 games total against Big Ten opponents, which is four more. That could include one in Indy. I think they're automatically in if they get five more, which would bring them up to 12. However you want to slice it, if you want to talk about getting some of those in the Big Ten tournament or just getting the the five and just go you know, five and two to close this thing out in the regular season, that's what I feel at this point. And there's been a couple uh, you know, other bubble teams that have lost in recent days as well. You got to keep an mm-hmm. eye on that too. Your thoughts on what Michigan needs to do here with this remaining schedule. It's an opportunity to get some huge, huge wins. It's also a tough task to pick up any of them. Well, I'm going to stick with what I've been saying for a good couple weeks now. In the last 10 games, they have to go six and four. Six and four, the last 10. No matter how you get those games, but you can't lose to Penn State. And before I said you can't lose to Rutgers, um, but I mean, you still don't want to lose that game. So you are six and four, right? Six and four in the last 10 games would put them at, I believe, 17 and 13 going into the Big Ten tournament. And that'd be 11 and nine. In, so it's, it's the same number I'm kind of talking about, right? Because okay, they won cool, two cool. since that spot, um, the 10 game thing, because they have seven left. So you're, yep. Um, and then and then you win two games in the in the Big Ten tournament that puts them at nineteen and nineteen and 14. fourteen. Yeah, and that gets them in as a nine or a ten for sure. That that and the the one thing about that is that Michigan doesn't have bad losses. Like their one bad loss is to Minnesota, um, but their quad three and quad fours they only have just one loss there. Um, there are bubble teams around the country who have a lot of quad three and quad four games and have a couple of losses there as well. Um, but I think what's great about Michigan's schedule is that they don't have any really bad losses available. Um, Rutgers, is, Rutgers is moving up, I feel, pretty much daily. Let me, uh, let me see where they're at on the net. Yeah, last I, time I checked, they were eighty-one, right? I looked earlier. They they only moved up like six or seven spots um, in the last they day did. after the. What are they yeah, at? They're at seventy-five. They're okay. at seventy-five. Um, which 
75, that means that Michigan's first game against them moves into a quad one quad loss. Quad one. Yeah. Right. This is, will still be a quad two game for Michigan coming up, but that first game becomes a quad one loss. So that's not saying that's better for Michigan because it's still a loss, but at the end of the day, um, now that's just another quad one game uh, to look at. And Michigan is number 37 on the net. They dropped by one last night. Drop one. So mm-hmm. the, the opportunity is there. The opportunity is there still. Um, two and seven now in quad one games. Eight and one in quad three and quad four. Um, I think that's huge. Where like a team like Memphis, they're nine and two in quad three and quad fours. You know. Mm-hmm. No, I I agree. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting. They're kind of still pushing for that number. It looks realistic. You have three road games left. Win one, win three out of your four home games. And I know they're against tough opponents, but you feel good about the one against Iowa. You know, you should feel good about the Michigan State game, to be quite honest with you, at home uh, as yeah. well. Um, real quick, because depending on when people are listening to this, because it's coming out just before the Iowa game, what do you see from Wisconsin? It's kind of funny to me. They, st- they were winning all those games earlier on in the season, and mm. the advanced metrics just wouldn't move them up. And Iowa, at you know, is the same thing. They were beating worse teams, but the advance they just the way they play offense, the metrics move them up so high. So it's deceiving because Wisconsin, I think, can beat anyone. Johnny Davis is really good. W- what do you see from from uh, the Badgers? I mean, it is a rock fight. You know, I think uh, Tyler Wall is like an X factor there at the four spot. Yep. I think that's a really good matchup for uh, Musa. Um, but their their guy Johnny Davis is very good, um, but but he can get very high volume, low efficient, and when it comes to a Wisconsin team that we really can't afford that, when he's high volume, low efficiency, uh, it kind of breaks down the entire Wisconsin kind of way that they do things. Um, but when he played at Michigan State, he was very calm he was very calm he wasn't doing the try hard stuff he kind of picked his spots and he did a much better job so i'm sure the coaches talked with him they have brad davis who's who's been there for like 18 years now um you know he's always willing to take a big shot um you know he's gonna play physical and he's gonna you know some questionable things may or may not happen uh but at the same they're always going to the monitor any tight game the last five minutes they're going to the monitor to, to, you know, look at some Brad Davison, whether or not he flailed his leg out or, you know, there's always, it's always something. something. It's always something with him. But uh, they have a freshman point guard, Chucky Hepburn, out of, uh, I believe he's from like Nebraska. Um, he's been solid. Uh, Lauren Bowman, who played at uh, Orchard Lake St. Mary's, he's coming back home for a big game because he didn't play last year. Uh, this will be his first game back uh, at Chrysler. So that should be fun for him, and I'm sure that his family is going to be there deep. Um, uh, I just think both of these games, if it's attacked the right way, you know, there there are some teams in some games where I'm like, look, this is a tough matchup for Michigan. Looking at Wisconsin and Iowa, they can for sure find a split here. 
Um, Wisconsin doesn't get really loud anymore. Um, and Iowa, if you're able to stop their transition and you're able to force Murray into very tough shots and, you know, he's struggling from his mid-range game and getting to the basket, um, that's that's a game that Michigan can win. And, you know, if they come out with the split, that's a win because you have a road win, a quad one road win, um, and that'll just move you up. And that's going to move you past several other bubble teams who are either playing quad three games or they're, you know, you know, losing their quad ones and quad twos. So, um, yeah, Wisconsin's, Wisconsin's a good team. I'm not saying that they're not because Johnny Davis is a pro. You know, he's he's going to go in the top ten somewhere. Uh, this this upcoming summer, but you know they're gonna they're gonna need to they're gonna need to contain him for sure. And then Tyler Wall, if Musa contains him, uh, I think Michigan should win that game, even if it's on the road. And Hunter should eat, which he always should. But against that team, uh, they don't really have anyone for him, whether it's on the perimeter or whether it's in the mid post or on the block. Uh, he should be able to feast down there. And for Musa, stay out of foul trouble. Wisconsin's bigs, including Tyler Wall, always crafty down low, which you don't always say about a big guy. And Hunter Dickinson, is he going to have his legs back tonight against Iowa? He's made only 15 of his last 42-point field goal attempts, um, which is just surprising out of him. He's made some threes in that stretch, which have been huge for him. He's still putting up big scoring numbers. 15 out of what, 40? 40 of his last 40 in the last three games, two-point attempts. What's that? That's 30? That's yeah, 30 that's 37.5%. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, something that is, is kind of surprising because even in some of those, he's been putting up big scoring numbers, a lot of points, but it hasn't come on the, on the best efficiency. Now, hitting some threes really helped his efficiency numbers, but um, yeah, it does. Something to watch. Something to watch for sure. So enjoy the game tonight, everybody, Thursday, and enjoy the weekend. Uh, and uh, hope for the Michigan fans' sake that it will uh, be capped off with a win over Wisconsin on Sunday as well. Join us at thewolverine.com for more Michigan basketball coverage. $1 gets you an entire year of premium access over there, so go and do that right now.